0: Hello, and welcome to That Park Life Podcast. I, of course, am Greg, joined as always by...
1: Beth, the most awkward part of the <laughs> show. Beth. Guys, guys, it's October! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is fall, y'all. So
1: we made it to October. We I know my it. house has already decorated for 30 days, but listen to this. Okay, I have a story for you. Okay. Not really a story, but... um. Okay, so once October hits, you know, we go look at all the streaming things because they all have like little like tag names for things mm-hmm. like Hulu has Huluween and <laughs> whatever. So you go look and see what they're all offering, all the streaming devices. Um well earlier in the year when Disney Plus came out, or it was last year, but like I think it was this year that we watched it. I don't know. Have you ever watched Mr. Boogity? No. Okay. Never so even heard of it. Okay, it's on Disney Plus. It was a Disney like movie, whatever, like a Disney Channel thing that came out, and Doug grew up watching it. It's really dumb, like real kitschy, and you- but there was like a couple big names, ac- big name actors in it that you're like, oh, interesting. Anyways, so we watched the second one this past weekend. I was dying. It's called Bride of Bugatti, which really <laughs> doesn't have that much to do with the bride, but like Jean uh, Levy is in it. Um, there's a couple other people, but I was just like. I would love to just interview him and be like, "Now let's talk about Bride of Boogity. (laughs) Just to get his reaction and be like, seriously, do you remember this movie? I'm going to need you and Nicole to like watch these. They're so cheesy.
0: I can't wait. I need a good cheese.
1: Mr. Boogity Boogity and Bride of Boogity. Um, And listen, if you guys, if anyone listening, like you watch these growing up, please let me know. I just have to know. I'm like, Doug, first of all, I just... First of all, I was like, I'm su- actually kind of surprised that your mom let you watch this. Um, like, it's not like that bad, but just because there was a lot of things that they didn't let them watch when they were 1986? younger. 1986. Yeah, like just super kitsch.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And the like the the way that the family laughs the whole time, I'm like, it's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wikipedia. Like, Wikipedia describes this as a made-for-television family film and failed pilot, which means it was a television show that never happened.
1: Apparently. My gosh,
0: the film tells the story of the Davis family as they move to the New England city of Lucifer Falls. By the way, by the way, would never live in a city named Lucifer Falls.
1: Right. It's called Lucifer Falls. Well, they own like a like what else does it say?
0: Which they soon find to be haunted by ghosts from the colonial period. I don't like any (laughs) kind of period. You heard. And
1: they own like a gag shop. Like that's their thing is they own like this gag shop. So they are like constantly playing playing tricks on each other. But then it's like, oh, Mr. Boogity comes out and they like have to figure out that it's real. I don't this know. It's is just really, wild. You have to watch it. The
0: film's sequel, Bride of Boogity, aired in
1: 1987.
0: Yeah. Gosh. It was so we good. were so good. They made We, it were, little, we were little kids.
1: Um, also, I've just noticed that Doug took this and added this to it. And I'm like, this. is the White this. Ranger. It's creeping me out it's a little a, bit. It's a toy
0: it? from Sid from uh, Toy Story.
1: That's basically what it looks like. Anyway, what are we doing today? What are we talking we about? We
0: have our uh deep dive on s- two Epcot attractions that we teased last week. So today we'll, we'll be talking about Soarin, not Soaring, Soarin. Soarin and Test Track.
1: Soarin and Test Track. Um also, sorry, let's back up. Yes. Um I'm really jealous that you got to eat at deluxe burger tonight. How was that?
0: We had we had a whirlwind day today, okay? We went to Universal Studios awesome. Orlando. And we um, needed some Disney in our life afterwards. So instead of paying um, Orlando money, I instead went to Disney Springs and had a deluxe burger, and it was excellent. They so nailed
1: it. Gorgeous. I'm missing those french fries and that oh, garlic. French fries were so
0: good. The garlic ranch was so good. The mm-hmm. bun and the burger today was like perfectly soft and pillowy, and ugh, I could have slept on it. Oh, it's just
1: so good. Uh, yes. Well, today yeah. I had to get new tires and take Doug to the dentist. Bum, so bum, same. Bum. we both had a great day.
0: Bump, bum, bum. <laughs> Well, Uh, There's a bit of an elephant in the room that I would like to talk about real quick because it's in the news. Hey, uh, maybe one of the weirdest things about all of this is that every time I turn on the news, which isn't even that often, they're talking about where I work, which is both a cool and like a weird and bad thing. Because you may have heard that 28,000 or so cast members across the company, not just Disney World, Disneyland and some other places, some other operations, uh, we're going to lay it off because of the the long list of reasons why they're laying off people. But it's COVID-19, right? They did announce that 6,700 of them would be in Disney World, and I actually saw a separate article that said 279 of those 6,700 are Disney Vacation Club cast members, which is uh, which includes where Nicole and I both work. So I had I was uh, called back to work in June, June 15th, and Nicole was not. So like we kind of as much as I didn't want Nicole to get that call that she received on Thursday, al- alerting her to her being laid off. Uh, We were kind of expecting it because she had not even been called back back to work. However, at the end of that phone conversation, while we were in the car just about to go walk Reba, um, our boss, who Nicole had really only met like one or two times because she had just taken over right before uh, COVID, they asked to speak with me. And I also got the indication or the notification that I am included in the mass layoffs. So um, that's it, guys. I'm unemployed. Fun, fun Employment Tour 2020 if you've been following me on Instagram.
1: I am loving the Fun Employment Tour. Yes. Uh,
0: just, just a couple of things if everyone has a moment. I'm not trying to bum everyone out. And you know me, I have a I have a, a, a silver lining that I'm excited about with all this. But it is so sad to look at everyone's um, Instagram stories and posts of people who are cast members that are in really cool roles and get to make really unique magic and aren't doing it anymore. I mean, I know people who in photo Pass, um, what we say are cast members who are friends with characters, right? Well, that means they're, they're playing the character. Right. Um, just in these really unique positions that get to make the magic that you experience or we experience as guests. And it's just so, so sad. Um, there's a lot going on for ways to help cast members, and I want to make sure people know about the cast member pantry. is probably the most popular and most talked about. But good, keep talking about. Are able to make donations via Venmo if you decide that you want to do something, or you can also um, look up things in their Amazon wish list. It's just a local thing that started because of COVID, actually, a way to give and provide food, some basic necessities to some yeah. for a load and now laid off cast members. And there's some food bank information too if you Google it for stuff in California as well so uh i this was thursday night i got the call after my shift at work so i came home from work and then was told not to turn not to report back to the office on friday and then that's it um our official date of separation is december 4th so for the next 60 days um to be fair i don't know if this is uh the case in every location or every area of disney but they are paying us Mm -hmm. um our normal hourly rate for i believe for 40 hours or maybe the average our average of hours worked normally which for me is 40 um so it's not the total worst and i feel like it's important to point that out because i know sometimes when disney lays off um there are certain people who run certain blogs that i don't (laughs) like who say really negative things about disney but i have to tell you they've been awesome with this i mean don't get me wrong i'd rather be working but we get our basically eight weeks of pay and then a severance package after that and they have just a list of resources there is like a, this uh post if they have a word for it but it's like a re-employment workforce thing where you get to go and they'll help you fix up your resume either to apply to a future disney job or to non-disney job yeah. they have the employee assistance program for people that need to just speak to somebody because they got a lot going on in their mind mm-hmm. um, that's just two quick examples of things so it is important to me to share that other information the other side of it that maybe people don't know about but I feel like I've been treated well in this because there are other companies that are probably just letting people go and it's literally it. You know, like, that's yeah. it. And then the, you won't hear anything else from us forever, right. pretty much. And that's not the case. Yeah. Um, that yeah. said, I thought of some things that now I get to do that I'm no longer a cast member and I came up with a list. And I'm assuming Ooh, that you goodness. want to hear it. Of course. Okay, so here we go. Things I get to do <laughs> once I'm no, no longer... Once, that I, once I'm no longer a cast member, I'm finally able, I'm um, eligible to enter to win Disney contests. Oh, okay. It was a small thing because, you know, if you ever see, like, those sweepstakes that happen on online and stuff, like, yeah, I just I can't win. Um,
1: which, I, to be fair, you've won some pretty great matches. I know, I've been able to do so many member. crazy
0: things with Disney, and I am I know it's not the end for me, and, and I know I'm interrupting my own list to say this, but um, I know that it's not the end of our Disney story for me and Nicole. I've been telling people it is a season finale, not a series finale. Uh, I like can, that you said that. You have not seen The Last of Us. Okay, so things I can do now that I'm not a cast member. I can use one finger to point again. You know, it takes so many <laughs> muscles to lift that second finger up. Who am I? The rock? Please. <laughs> um, I can go back to driving like an a-hole while I'm on property. It's been go. exhausting suppressing my inner New York when I'm behind oh, the gosh. wheel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And cut people off. I can I can use a blinker <laughs> again. These are things I felt like I had to do. Use um, a different
1: blinker if you want.
0: Yeah, I can use whatever I want. Um, I can moon so I can stop feeling guilty when I take the shampoos, toilet paper and paper towel rolls from the DVC villas when I stay yep. just kidding. I never felt guilty. And uh, maybe the most important thing that I think I can do now that I won't be a cast member is I can finally get my hair corn road. And I have just been really yes. waiting to do that. And that's not Disney look. So
1: your chin hair or your head hair,
0: just all of it. Just uh, my armpit hair. There's a visual for you all.
1: There you go. <laughs> Greg's getting cornholes in his
0: armpits. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you're wondering how I'm handling my layoff, it's that. What's Greg doing today? You don't want to know. You just don't want to. Um, Another reason I wanted to make sure I just mentioned that. um, And and thank you to everyone who, who said something via Instagram and just wishing and saying nice things. I appreciate it truly. And to be honest, um, I got, we got a message to our Instagram account. I think the next morning, unrelated to this because this this listener didn't know because they didn't mention it yet at that point and i'm not going to mention her name but she said something very nice she said she was a fan she really enjoyed listening to our podcast and it's always nice to hear those types of things so thank you and it was literally the exact thing i needed to hear at the exact right time when maybe i wouldn't have felt very motivated to do a pro uh, or like an in-depth disney thing right so thank you for that um those kind words meant a lot at that particular time and I'm appreciative of it. I also just want to make a quick mention of how I'm going to be in those damn parks every damn day that I can. So if, you, you're, if you're show wondering. Show
1: us all of this stuff, Greg.
0: Yes. Well, I figured if I didn't mention that I got laid off, I feel like people would be like, how is it going to the park four times yeah, a week? Um, Doesn't this idiot work?
1: probably not going to give you as much hell about being in the parks okay. all the time. You know, I get it.
0: <sighs> and, you know, we're going to, like, look for jobs and stuff. But, like, I don't ha- yeah. you don't have to do that every single, like, all hours of the day.
1: That's right. Not not during park hours, of course. No,
0: not during park hours. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here. To, we're here on a mission today. We have our deep dives talking about test track and Soren. Of course, we have. I don't think we have any news nuggets. We have some history, in, and of course, I looked
1: at it. I didn't really see much. So I mean, because honestly, just the layoffs has been like the big news. It's Been thing, the highlight. So. Yeah,
0: the highlight's not the right word. It's been like they're like, overtaking if, the if news. they
1: really if they were putting out too much other stuff. People would be like, really Disney, yeah. really. <laughs>
0: All right. You want to get us going? We're, like, we're our...
1: laying off thousands of people, but we've got new fall treats. But we've
0: got a new spiriters you guys can't afford. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to get the ball rolling on our on our sure. first half of our deep dive today? I'm going
1: to start us off. Oh, we got $20 in my pocket. <laughs> um, sorry. That turned into a different song. All right. Today, I am covering Test Track for you guys. We don't have any music, do we? <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna start with what disney says and bear with me i have a lot of notes i feel like i looked at your notes greg and i was like why do i always have so many notes i I may add
0: it a little bit more since you saw them
1: all right what disney says this is design a virtual concept car and put it to the test on this thrilling high octane attraction take the ultimate test drive cruise over to the gleaming chevrolet design center to create your own virtual concept car when you're done (laughs) buckle up in a six passenger sim car and take it for an exhilarating spin on the test track Rev through uh, rough terrain and obstacles along the winding circuit. Accelerate through straightaways. Maneuver switchbacks through inclement <laughs> weather. High curves bang to 50-degree angles and scale hills up to three stories high. Reach speeds of up to 60, mile, 65 miles per hour as you put your car through its paces. After each test, check the scoreboard to see how your vehicle performed. Make and share a commercial. For, this is really long. Make and share a commercial for your design. Race your car again on a miniature virtual test or pose for a picture with your vehicle against a dramatic backdrop for souvenir of your supercharged day.
0: Question. If you had to place <laughs> the person who speaks that accent somewhere in the country, where would that be? I have no idea. Okay, good. I like that.
1: <laughs> I meant to. By the way, I meant to ask you. Sorry, this is like way off topic. But did you see the new South Park episode?
0: No, you're the second person in like the last 24 hours to ask me about it. Yeah,
1: you guys just need to watch it because well, they came out with a COVID special. Yes, so. and it
0: involves Disney, I've, I've heard yeah, quite a need, bit. Oh, and I'm I think someone who, quote, invented COVID is a famous Disney character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what you I've need heard.
1: To go. You need to go watch it. All right, let's talk about the origin story. So I'm going to go back a little bit. So the World of Motion, sponsored by GM, was the uh, was the opening day attraction that was in the space. So GM was the former tenant. It was the transportation pavilion at Epcot opening day attraction. So 1982, it closed in 1996. We're going to go through all that, whatever to make way for Test Track. Um, But I wanted to tell you a little bit about World of Motion. If any of you guys don't remember, but basically visitors would board moving four to six person Omnimover vehicles and they'd be taken through scenes that were populated with audio animatronic figures and they'd have like projections and special effects and stuff like that. Um, and it was basically a look into the history and achievements and transportation. So they sh- would show scenes from the invention of the wheel right up to present day and beyond. When the sponsorship expired, GM was in the process of conducting layoffs and cutbacks. Funny. We mentioned Uh-oh. that today, right? Yeah. So they were in the process of doing layoffs and cutbacks, forcing the company to like, talk about whether or not they wanted to sign another sponsorship, sponsorship agreement. Um, and then they went ahead and decided that they would, but they wanted to change it up. So um They just wanted something new, other than the world of motion. So the new ride would focus specifically around their automobiles, rather than like the history of transportation. So that's what they change it up for was something more, I guess, like specific to them. So in 1976, (laughs) Imagineers in In 1976, like we're going back a little bit, Imagineers actually visited GM's Milford Proving Ground, which I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, what is that? Uh, That's basically a automobile testing facility. It was the uh, nation's first testing facility um, that had opened in 1924. So Imagineers went to visit there and then they went back for a second trip. And that's hmm. kind of where they got the idea for test track.
0: Okay. They're
1: like, Oh, well, we want to talk more about our cars and stuff, but let's like kind of build it around this facility. So uh, the world of motion closed January 2nd of 1996 to make way for the new attraction. Meanwhile, the elevated track was already being built outside of the building as part of like this high speed test portion of the ride, which began in the fall of 1995. So the fall they started construction world world of motion closes in 1996. But then the soft opening to the attraction didn't happen until December 19th of 1998 and the ride didn't actually open until March 17th of 1999. So they had a lot of setbacks. We're going to talk about some of those things. Um, because they were like, why did it take so long? people are like, why did it take so long for this to open? And even with the setbacks and things that didn't work, they said after the grand opening, they still suffered from a lot of frequent downtime because of things that didn't work. Wow. All right, I'm gonna go into some construction info and statistics. Originally, guest rode and test vehicles in a GM testing facility through a series of assessments to illustrate how automobile prototype evaluations were conducted. So the highlight of the attraction, obviously, was the speed trial on the track around the exterior of the building, which tops out. So they say 65, but I read a couple other things that say 64.9 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. And that at the time made it the fastest Disney theme park attraction ever built. Um, The interior shows a simulated test lab, including test dummies and damaged cars. The cars used on the ride were designed to resemble the look of a test car that is used to go through multiple safety tests. The first problem that they that Imagineers had was that the wheels used on the ride vehicles could not stand up to the demand of the ride course and speed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was the first thing. Um, for test track to run with the highest hourly capacity possible, they need twenty nine ride vehicles, and the ride pro- programming system also couldn't could only handle operating a maximum of six. six blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> a maximum of six cars over the layout of the ride. And the system suffered a lot of crashes because of that. So they had like physical things. They had software issues. Um, The original software was actually like thrown out and they eventually had programmers come in and they were able to get the computer system um, up to be able to run the 29 ride ride vehicles at once. Hmm. So that was like one of the main issues. Um, This is what made me laugh. I had to throw this in there because this note, I, got, I get a lot of this stuff from Wikipedia because it like comes from all these other sources. But okay. it says, despite some rumors about rain affecting the outdoor segment park, officials assured that weather issues were not a factor in the delay. Yeah, okay. They were just waiting for it to be a delay later on in life. <laughs> um, so, all right. Manufacturer company. The company's name is Dynamic Attractions. Uh, the designers obviously were Imagineers and General Motors Corporation. It costs an estimated $300 million to make this attraction. Whew. Which I thought, yeah, I was like, What? The music was done by George Wilkins um, and Paul Leonard. Max speed we talked about was 64.9 miles per hour. The site area is 150,000 square feet. Um, rides The vehicle type is a slot car. You, there's six riders per vehicle, two rows, three in each row. And it says the duration is about five minutes.
0: Okay. I remember it being That's- a long attraction. Yeah, it's a pretty
1: long, longer attraction. Um, okay, here's where I can get... I'm going to get a little bit long-winded on you, but... How it's changed over time. So on January 6, 2012, Disney announced that they were going to renovate Test Track during the second and third quarters of the year and then reopen the ride by fall of 2012. As part of that update, they changed the sponsor just from GM to Chevrolet. So they wanted to go like kind of make it even more
0: Looks specific um,
1: more specific. Yeah, mm. with the Chevrolet, uh, the new addition includes a pre-show area where guests design a new car for testing in the Chevrolet Design Center. Then they board test track's existing six-passenger ride vehicle to be known as sim cars to see how their design fares on the center's driving course. Uh, the experience concludes in a renovated showroom featuring current and future Chevrolet products. So for those of you who remember, you'd like enter into the showroom at the end, and there'd be like cars there. Yeah, <clears throat> they still do that, don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean it's been—I'll be honest—it's been a little while since I've been there, but yeah, yeah. they've always shown like cars of the future over yeah. there.
1: Yeah, um, or it's just yeah, like cars that are coming out yep. later on. Um, and then the refurbished attraction also at first opened to guests during a soft opening on December 3rd of 2012. And then the grand opening was December 6th. So here I'm just going to go through kind of like how it was before, like the queue, how it was before the ride or whatever. And, and then the, sh- the show after. And then I'll tell you what it was after. OK, um, so the queue before. So during the first part, guests viewed us. So this was the original one. Um, guests viewed a sample repair and test shop as guests entered the queue in the welcome center. They were shown tests performed on cars and parts before being released. The queue wound by different tests for tires and car doors, um, a chamber for radio receivers and an area for crash test dummies to be tested. Um, and if you don't remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they used to have a like crash test dummy person walking around in a costume. I don't um, remember that No. around the line. I remember <laughs> doing that like in middle school and being like, this is weird.
0: You're like, I could do that um, one day.
1: Yeah. Well, they just like had like a person. It was almost like a character, but it was a crash test dummy suit.
0: That's too much. Um,
1: yeah. At the end of the queue, a group of guests would be brought then into a briefing room where they were shown automobile testing facilities and examples being performed. So they had like a host and he would tell the guests um, that they would be they would take part in some of these tests. And also the technician uh, would tell you like what test to set up and stuff like that. So that was kind of like their way of like showing you like you're going to be doing this. Um, Then they would have small videos playing of each test that were shown as he spoke. Um, And then he would finally like tell the other person to choose one final surprise test. And the video of a car crashing into a barrier (laughs) was shown as a door open for guests to enter the interior queue. So if you remember, there's like different parts of this queue.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So then upon reaching the end of the second queue, guests were loaded into test cars. I won't go through into like all these details, but basically it's kind of like it was now. The ride would go through these different like testing things. The first one was an accelerated hill climb, which would test the car's suspension um, over like different road surfaces and stuff like that. Cobblestone.
0: The most, um, the most important thing is coming up. You'll get, you're getting out there. You're not, you're not even going to realize you're getting there until you're, okay. until I tell you that you're there.
1: Um, <laughs> the, the handling of the car then was tested. So it mm-hmm. climbed the set of hills with blind turns while increasing its speed ten percent each time. At the top, the car almost crashes into an oncoming semi truck. That's the place. Out of the way. Yeah.
0: You know what happened there, right? The most Number important one. piece of test track audio occurs right at that little part where there's like a little divot in the road. It's The divot's still there, but the audio on the ride track isn't anymore. That's where, like, the, the people are speaking on the speakers of the car, and they're asking if if you noticed a certain whatever, whatever every time the, yeah. the thing gets through test. And that gave us this little piece of sound. Sure am.
1: <laughs> yes! It's like, I are you noticing
0: a blah, 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 blah? And then the person yeah, just sure says...
1: I am. <laughs> yes oh my gosh um rip
0: they took that away
1: so then it says like okay almost cracked all right then the car was brought into the final test shown in the briefing room which was the barrier test um and if you can like imagine the barrier was basically the doors that would open up into like getting that's what would get you to the outside track Mm -hmm. um into the straightaway with with all of that stuff or whatever so and then the exit you would exit the ride um Obviously, it, you know, went into a themed gift shop because that's what Disney do. Yeah. You could view and purchase photos taken of their vehicle of the ride or scan your photo pass of you. Um, You know, you can get your photos or whatever from there. So the post show was called the assembly experience, which was where you would go with uh, Bob Rogers and the design team. He was like the guy that hosted in the beginning. So then the post show was called the assembly experience. Um, Which that was a walkthrough environment that gave guests the illusion that they're on the floor of a vast automotive assembly plant. Um, So there was like automotive automotive doors, seats and engines would glide over assembly lines while simulated automotive die press caused the floor to rumble at each automotive part being pressed. Video monitors provided real GM workers a chance to tell Epcot visitors how they felt about their products and their work. So it was just more focused on like the actual production of cars at that point. Are you still with me? I'm like with you, but
0: through. I just want to share a quick memory of Greg yeah. as a child on test track, especially in the beginning when you know it was new and not a lot of people knew that you were going to go outside. So as yeah. a kid, I thought it would be cool. Like this is the slick thing to do is when you know you're in that room where eventually you're about to go through those doors to go to the outside. I put my yeah. sunglasses on so that <laughs> I felt like the cool kid in the car. They were like. Why is he putting his sunglasses on? And then after I was like, oh, that's why I put his sunglasses on. And now as an adult, I realized I don't think one single person noticed or cared. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, I'm a cool kid right now.
1: Somebody probably noticed. You would just never know it. Yes.
0: I don't think anyone did.
1: You're, you're cool in my book. <laughs> you're, you're number one in my book.
0: Um, <laughs> that almost sounded sincere. And for that, I, I thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, okay. 2012 to present. So... It says one of the two design studios. Okay. So with the Q, the first Q uses the same area as the old one, but it's themed to Chevy's design studio. So riders pass by two concept cars, the Chevy Mirai and the Chevy Envy. Envy? envy. I
0: don't know. How do you spell that?
1: I think it's Envy. It's just V. I think oh, it's Envy. Could be. Um, people are going to be like, seriously, Beth? Anyway, (laughs) after the standby queue leads a section where leads you into a section where a small model car is drawn on three projections while one of Chevrolet's employees discusses the design process for cars. Um, so obviously the older version was more about production of cars. This is more about design. So then the standby queue goes by a large touchscreen where riders can take tutorials on how to design a car. Once at the front of the queue, riders use their magic bands and park tickets, whatever you have with your RFID on it um, where you like wait for the doors to open leading into one of the design studios. So That's where they put you in the little like bubbles of the numbers to go into the studio. Mm -hmm. Once you're in the studio, you have a set amount of time, which depends on how busy the attraction is to design your own Chevy custom concept vehicle. And that's the one that's going to be tested on the SIM track that you're in. So based on the four criteria, so this is what they're, um, based around capability, efficiency, responsiveness, or power. Once the time expires, you move to the second queue, which leads you to the boarding area. So, um, Side note for so something that was newer the fast pass queue um, riders go directly to the main design studios for single riders um, they basically like pick a pre designed vehicle yep so you bypass that all is, that yeah so that's one thing it's like well if you want to go through that whole experience of designing a car you don't get to do it with, with single rider fast pass um, so once guests select their vehicle they move to the same second queue while waiting to board the sim cards all guests must scan their magic bands and you know while you're waiting there to get in your car. For them to like test your car um which is the chevy concept sorry chevrolet custom concept vehicle all right so then you get on the ride and it goes through the different things but they're like obviously they're testing different things now they've updated all of those i love how this was like you put a seatbelt on because they never <laughs> never mentioned that before And i'm like you always had to wear a seat belt <laughs> um test is like cap- capability test you know it's the same it's the things we like that we talked about which was um capability efficiency responsiveness and power Um, and then power power is the final test. And that's kind of where they get you up to that one point where you go through the doors. It says like for the power test, it says it stops for a moment. It then accelerates through flashing purple arches toward a wall with the ride's logo on it. Just as it reaches the wall, the door split open and the car exits the building. The SIM car accelerates along a straightaway until it crosses over Avenue of the stars. At which point the track makes a 90 degree turn, then a 270 degree left turn circling over an employee parking lot. (laughs) Exiting the turn, the SIM card then travels back down another straightaway before making a complete counterclockwise circle around the ride building. Um The post-show then, you basically go in. You can use the design that you've made in the showroom to look at different things. It's a Chevy showroom. They have Chevy cars in there now. Um, so you can check out some of the newest vehicles. You can take virtual photos with your design car. I remember them having like Chevy like car representatives walking around
0: yes i don't know how long that happened but for sure and i don't and like you th- could
1: like get in the cars and touch everything oh yeah
0: i mean i don't know about now but you could oh, and they would like yeah. they get your information and, then, and i remember giving them information one time and they must have this was way like back in the day but they emailed me i was like not an old enough person to buy a car right. um, and i was like cool thanks for this email i'm not gonna buy a car from you
1: right but it, i mean it's almost like I feel like there were some. I I feel like you could buy a car if you wanted to.
0: I think you could certainly get the ball rolling for sure. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, I remember them talking to people and being like, it it seems like they're buying a car. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. All right. You ready for my last other cool facts? Yeah. All right. Cool facts. Shortly after its opening to improve capacity, Test Track was one of the uh, first rides at the Disney parks to employ a dedicated single rider line. Mm. That was one of the. And I remember that. I remember because we were like, what is a single rider line? Like, what is that? (laughs) Um, the six seat, six seated cars were often left with empty seats as most riders arrived in parties of two or four. Um, the single rider line helped each car leave full and reduced cues. So that was one of the reasons why they did that because they looked at the data and were like, well, if we do a single rider line, we can fill this in a lot better, get more people on each, yeah. um, like each round.
0: And then you get a stranger in your photo pass.
1: That's right. <laughs> um, after the ride closed on April 15th in 2012, the, for renovation for renovations, barriers were placed along all the walkways leading to either the entrance or exit of the ride. And a musical show called Test Track All-Stars was added in front of the former main entrance. I don't remember this at all. And this ran from April 15th to December 4th. Of what year? Uh,
0: 2012. Oh. Yeah, they
1: had like a show, like a musical show. Oh my gosh. And then my last little tidbit here, and I'll shut up, is many World of Motion logos can be found throughout the attraction. Oh, really? These logos... Yeah, these logos are references to the old attraction, obviously. And they can be found on trash bins, murals, and the attraction's main sign.
0: Interesting. They put it on trash bins.
1: So look for those. Probably, that probably was like an early on thing that they were like, whatever, just put the same trash bins out. We'll fix it later.
0: (laughs) you are not going to pay for new trash bins. Probably not. Uh, One thing I know about the old ride vehicles, and I don't know how much of the old ride vehicle went to the new ride vehicle? Are they basically the same? Anyway, the old ride vehicles, um although you could only see four wheels, they each actually had twenty two wheels. It's a lot of wheels.
1: That's a lot of wheels. That's why they had a lot of issues with the wheels. Could
0: be. That could have been the reason. Um I do want to mention just a brief aside about Chevrolet and actually, incidentally, the um, Avenue of the Stars, which you mentioned. So when the track goes outside, you go over the Avenue of the Stars and like that big big circle, if you look down on the ground, there's like the big test track logo and stuff. But for work, um, I've had the distinct pleasure of driving up and down Avenue of the Stars back there, basically doing a perimeter of the the outside of the park, the park you don't see from inside the park. And um, General Motors... Almost a General Mills. We're not talking about cereal, though. Right. General Motors slash Chevy has a deal with Disney where our vehicles at Disney have to be Chevrolet, which is why, if you notice, if you have ever taken a minivan, if we ever use yeah. the minivan yeah. service, they're a Chevy Traverse probably or Chevy whatever. Right. Um, however, at Disney Vacation Club, some of our vans are Ford vans, and incidentally, we were transporting guests uh, either to or from Epcot backstage at that on this particular day when a VIP representative from Chevy happened to be on Disney property back behind backstage at Test Track and saw one of our Ford vans go by. And um, other than threatening some jobs of some people above me, that then led, led us to having to cover the Ford logos on all of our vans because Chevy oh is, the, is like the preferred yeah. or the whatever dealer of Disney. So I, I didn't know that it went so far as to that.
1: Yeah. They're like, uh, just so you know, that's a breach of contract.
0: Yeah, it's something. We we were really gonna get in trouble. Not me personally, but you know, the our our operation was gonna get in trouble. Um yeah. so we did that. So if you're ever driving around and you see like those the non-buses, basically, chances are it is a Chevy vehicle or it's another vehicle with their logo covered. Nice. Because of the Chevy
1: police.
0: So I'm gonna take us across the park over to the land pavilion and uh although i feel like I haven't done soaring a lot lately nicole's like not a fan of screen rides because it messes with her motion sickness
1: well that's why i have the same issue but if i make sure that i'm in the middle okay then i'm totally okay that's usually what I, and i just ask honestly guys if you go to disney and you know where you want to sit just ask them they'll let you do it you may yeah. have to wait like one ride extra but usually we sit in the in the middle on like the top row because then you don't have feet hanging in your face.
0: Yeah. So we did, um, we did that exact thing when we went maybe a month ago. So even now during COVID times, if you ask, just be nice when you ask. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure they'll do what they can to help you out. So as always, we'll start with our, uh, how Disney describes this attraction. So this is technically soaring around the world and we'll talk about its other variations Uh, over time but disney says take a flight on a breezy airborne adventure as you hang glide above the breathtaking wonders of the world feel the thrill as you're raised high in the air and swept from one scenic locale to the next see the world's wonders natural and man-made like you have never before no mountain is too high no landscape is too far they say so, ain't no
1: mountain high, ain't no valley low. That should be their theme song. Ain't no river wide enough, baby.
0: <laughs> I don't know how they didn't get the rights to that song on this. So oh no. you may no. know that this is based on or really came from an attraction over on the West Coast. And that was soaring over California. That was first conceived in 1996. So it's going Ooh. back quite a bit in time. Ancient. Ancient, really. I mean, that was before... I don't know what that's before, but before Animal Kingdom (laughs) even opened. So anyway, uh, in 1996, they were working on it over on the West Coast, but Disney had to put it on hold because they couldn't perfect the technology to create what they wanted to be a realistic simulation of flight over California. One of their original ideas was uh kind of like a takeoff of the moving clothes racks at dry cleaners or like laundromats and stuff you know yeah. like where they're like all individually there or share's closet from clueless so <laughs> uh that's that's really what they were thinking of uh, where guests would be either individually or in pairs or something harnessed hmm. and being you know i don't want to say dragged around but like peter pan's flight style basically where the screen would be below you, but they just couldn't do it in a way that felt real and also was able to move enough people to make it like an efficient enough attraction. Yeah. Uh, then came Imagineer Mark Sumner, who on a Thanksgiving weekend just took some time to himself, spent three hours with one of his erector sets and just built what is basically the lift of the attraction now with the multiple rows and the lifting uh, of the, the seats toward the screen. Obviously, it was taken from an erector set and like blown up a ton of technology into what we know today um so that was in i don't know what year it was but eventually opened in uh 2001 over at disney california adventure february of 2001 and it was like well received it's one of those yeah. new attractions where everyone seemed to like it there wasn't a lot of naysaying i
1: remember seeing uh like the like di- some kind of disney special about it
0: yeah like we, where they
1: like show they talked about like how they put this whole thing together I yeah remember like I even saw
0: that. I know that it's part of the Imagineering story on Disney Plus because I remember seeing that Erector set or footage yeah. of that Erector set in that in like, that you, episode. Um,
1: they would always air those like random things, and yes. it would be like the behind the scenes look at whatever. And I remember watching the Soaring one. Soaring. 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 <laughs> so
0: basically, they duplicated it, brought it to Epcot, and then boom, it was Soarin. Mm-hmm. Um, Soarin over just Soarin. They didn't include the Over California in the title. It was just Soarin. And that opened in May of 2005. So about four years after it debuted in California Adventure over on the the West Coast, it came to Epcot. There was a special dedication ceremony when it opened featuring Patrick Warburton, who you may know um, as the voice and even the actor within the pre-show video. He'll always be Joe from Family Guy, though I can't unhear that basically and um so he was there on premises at epcot to do a dedication ceremony and i I took a little audio of it and i can't say this is unedited it's technically unedited in the sense that i chopped out like 10 seconds in between his two points just because it was kind of droning on but i want you to hear this and i want you to tell me just tell me if you get a weird vibe from this (laughs) If you've ever
1: uh, dreamed of what it might feel like to have wings and to fly like a bird, you're about to find out. Um, ever since I was uh, a kid, I can remember watching birds spread their wings and, and soar with the breeze and wondering if perhaps I, uh, I closed my eyes and wished hard enough
0: I could spread my wings and soar with them. It's, it's weird, he, right?
1: He was totally paid to say that. And yes. he felt really awkward saying it. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Yes. I, I really don't want to say this, but I'm being paid to say this. So I'm
0: going to say it slowly. So maybe people just tune me out.
1: Ever since I was a kid, <laughs> I used to watch the birds. I'm he like, used to stare no, at my
0: window and pet my hairless cat. No, he didn't do that. You're a liar. <laughs> yes, probably a liar. Um, the original location for our version of Sauron was actually going to be over closer to where Awesome Planet is now. It used to be the old uh, Timon and Pumbaa, like, nature, yeah, show. I forget the name of it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, when it was first built, it took up 60,000 square feet, just about the size of my house. And uh, it features a 180-degree viewing angle on an 80-foot IMAX digital projection dome. So it is an IMAX theater. Although, if you want to, like, super nerd out on this, the film speed or the frames per second is almost double what a normal movie is, in case you're wondering. But if it, like, looks extra fancy. That top row of the seats within Soren is lifted 40 feet in the air. Just, like, it's pretty high. Obviously, if you're in the middle seat, you're a little less high. In the bottom row, I mean, you're obviously not as high in the air. 40 feet. I never really thought about that. That's like, it's pretty high. Up. That's pretty high. There are out. 1 million pounds of steel in the ride system. The motors and gears that lift up the gas to bring you 40 feet in the air possibly is uh, 1000 horsepower motors. It's like some, some fast cars. Basically, if they were, if they were, if those engines were in cars, the seats themselves feature individual fans that are quietly blowing air instead of blowing on the back though they actually use that cover you know that like kind of makes you feel like you're on a hang glider thing um it's i guess at least semi-hollow because the air is blowing from the back and then down in front of you individually Ah, and quietly so you can't really hear it and of course if you watch the Imagineering story if you've seen any of the videos of the imagineer mark sumner who built it with his erector set um he was talking about how like okay If we have the motors built in to lift it, I'm sure we could like shake it and make it like go back and forth. And we could probably also put in the scent into the fan that we're going to build in there. Thus, the original um, scents that we got, which were this is for Soranova, California, the orange blossom, pine trees and ocean breeze with the original scents included in there. They also went with a mesh seat. To allow those wind machines to blow breezes over you, so it felt like they were actually going past you, and then if other breezes were coming yeah. from another direction, you'd feel like the air was like kind of all around you, as opposed to just stopping right. when it got to your back. Cool. Interesting concept. Um, mm-hmm. Originally, they had only two concourses, and each could hold up to 87 guests at a time. Okay. Um, they they wound up to, to change that uh, through time. We'll talk about some changes coming up later the soundtrack for this attraction is original someone composed it it was its own oh. thing it wasn't you know it wasn't taken from like other movies or other international property uh intellectual properties it was its own thing the queue has an airport terminal vibe it's meant to make you feel like you're in an airport terminal i mean if you look at the costumes those are like yeah. flight attendant yes. costumes for a lot of bye, the bye cast. bye now bye bye <laughs> <laughs> um nowadays you can play the soren challenge within the play disney parks app it's kind of have a the queue has had a long history of it being interactive but now they've been able right. to utilize the disney parks or the play disney parks app to help you along with that so let's talk about some of the changes that have happened over the years soren's undergone some pretty big changes uh, both physically and then the ride you know the, the show itself so it closed in 2016 and it reopened in May of 2017 as Soarin' Around the World. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to change or, you know, get away from I mean, the just California.
1: Yeah, I was like, the original was, it wasn't called Over California, but it was California. right? And
0: over there, they called it Soarin' Over California. But when they brought it to, uh, i to to America, to Florida, they just called it Soarin' and you were flying but over California. Right, and it, it was the, the same, same show. You would fly yeah. around the different parts of California. You would end up yeah. in Disneyland, yeah. which... Um, at the time, I wish I can remember what it's called, but they were they were doing this thing where they advertised it as they're bringing attractions from other parks to other parks. So Disney World was getting Soarin' and then Disneyland got something from Disney World. I forget. And then something we got something from um, Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. I, off the time, I can't remember what it is right now, um, but that was they were like that was how they were spinning it. I don't yeah. know if they did that just just because they wanted to move Soren or they were looking to move some other right. rides, but conceptually that's like kind of a cool thing like oh we're going to trade some rides. So right. eventually they wanted to take it away from take Soren away from just California and make it more of a universal thing and even something that really fits into the vibe of Epcot which is like kind of world traveling while not yeah. having to leave Epcot. So they brought in a bunch of locations and I want to read these locations to you because I my mind was blown and maybe I'm stupid because I thought for sure this was a location that one of the locations they show you was one thing and it's to- something totally different. Okay. So no, here, okay. Are the, here are the locations that you see in Soarin' Around the World. You get the Matterhorn in Switzerland and Italy, which makes sense. Kind of mm-hmm. like a nod to the attraction in yeah uh, Disneyland Park. You get the... I can't pronounce this. Okay. It's in Greenland. The Isfjord in, from Greenland. Sydney Harbor from Sydney oh gosh I thought the other that the German the Greenland one was hard (laughs) to pronounce this is the new castle in Bavaria Germany
1: which is the Cinderella castle
0: oh you know what that as I'm reading I'm like that this sounds familiar
1: that's the real castle that the Cinderella castle was was based uh, inspired by
0: yes I wonder how much of this is really nods to Disney things because obviously you know Finding Nemo wasn't just about Sydney Australia but like they, they sure mentioned it a lot So you have the castle that inspired the Cinderella Castle, Kilimanjaro National Park and Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Kilimanjaro, of course, is featured over in
1: the good dirt smell that they pipe. Yes,
0: of course, Kilimanjaro, like the safari over in Animal Kingdom, Great Wall of China from China, the Great Pyramids in Egypt, the Taj Mahal the west and east mitten butts or buttes I mean, let's just call it butts but <laughs> the buttes in monument valley arizona arizona monument valley was the one of the locations that inspired big thunder mountain if i remember correctly okay. um so now that i'm it reading this list i think
1: it's it's definitely butte but like
0: who doesn't love a good butt
1: because like i used to live close to a place called crested butte and it was like butt, but anyways anyway.
0: Crusted Butt was the name of it? Crest Butte. Crest Butte, okay. Um, <laughs> Colorado. Now that I'm reading this list, these are definitely nods to some attractions and some things. Yes. I don't think it's random. They happen to choose the same Monument Valley that <laughs> it went to inspire Big Thunder Mountain. Right, right. Um, the Lao Islands in Fiji, the Iguazu Falls, the Iggy Azalea Falls in Argentina. <laughs> Here's the thing dumb everyone, Greg.
1: Everyone thinks that that is, um, whatchamacallit niagara falls niagara this, falls this stupid
0: dumb a who is in the seat who has seen soren i can't tell you how many times i'm like oh i and then i went to niagara falls for work and this is before disney and i was excited to go to niagara falls one like, because this isn't it no, well and so then here's the thing i went to niagara falls for work and i was like awesome this is like where the the uh the office had been because they had their, their wedding episode they were fine so it was like all cool and then I go mm-hmm. see Soren after I'd been there. And then it comes up on the screen. And I was like, oh, I remember even turning it in a call. And be like, oh, I've been there before. And then I read this list. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's a set of falls that, that no one cares about in Argentina. And then I felt I dumb. I
1: guarantee you, like, 90% of the people think that that's Niagara Falls. Because they don't pay attention to the map. Like, if you're, if you're waiting for yeah. the next thing. I don't watch have, the whatever, map. You watch. Well, I always watch the map. Yeah. But you can see it's like, that's not where that ends. Okay. So. Here's the
0: thing. Uh, by the way, the last um, location is the Eiffel Tower, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Greg has... Liar!
1: This... That is not the last location, Greg.
0: Okay, fine. That's the last consistent location. And then the one after that changes based on where you are. Yeah. So, um... I have a lot of neuroses, okay? One of them is I don't like spoilers and I don't like being reminded of something if it's been a while and I haven't and I haven't done it so that like I forgot. In other words, I don't go on Soren often enough to remember all the locations. So during the pre-show they show you where you fly, and I never look right. at it because I was like, you know what? I don't want to re- be reminded. I don't want to remember. I, I don't want to know that when I get to the falls, I'm almost done. Like, I just want it yeah. to, 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 to the closest thing to new, right? I'm aware that that's beyond nuts, okay? Yeah. Totally fine with that. So I don't watch it, and it's my damn mistake because I would have known all along it was not freaking Niagara Falls.
1: Yeah. Well, now I feel like after you, <sighs> now that you know this information, you're going to actually look at it differently, all of those locations.
0: Yeah. I'm mad. I'm mad that I was duped. Mm. I think they did so it. I was, I was bamboozled.
1: Disney apologizes
0: hoodwinked to think it was Niagara Falls, even though they never once misled me. I'm just stupid. Okay. So uh, after the falls, after the Iggyzaya falls or the iguiz was iguana. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Um, <laughs> after that is the Eiffel tower in Paris, which is certainly hey. a point of contention for some people who can't get over the curvature of the Eiffel tower. If you're in the left or the, if you're in the yeah, you're first or last, column of that's one seats. of the
1: main reasons why i like to sit in the middle because i'm like if that if i see that stupid tower turn like that i'm gonna be real mad
0: i don't know i just on my uh, maybe especially now in life but on the, on the list of things that bother me the curvature of the <laughs> eiffel tower has not bothered me it bothers me i can handle the curve
1: it bothers me because i've spent a lot of money to be there okay then go
0: <laughs> go to actual paris
1: and i only get well we're trying to do that yes. so
0: for our um, so uh, you know, as a thank you for for help supporting us on Patreon, we've been offering some extra episodes. I'm going to tell my Paris, France story. I think, okay. and when I actually went Ooh, to Paris, yeah. France on one of our uh, patron-only my episodes gosh. that we offer. Uh, yeah. uh, if you want to su- support us, you can do so and also get some bonus. Pat content. Chat,
1: you can be part of Pat Chat. Pat
0: Chat. Pat is of course <laughs> our in- imaginary friend. No, Pat is short <laughs> for Patreon. Okay, so uh, the last scene, of, at least for us at Epcot, is Epcot. Um, when you're in other parks it's the place where you're from basically wherever that park is the, um, one of the changes that happened in this version of it is that they had a dramatic increase in CGI versus the original um, like a lot of it of course all of the transitions as something a specific example I can give you those are all CGI obviously the elephant doesn't just happen to toss up a, a cloud of dirt to get you to go from one scene to the next so those are all or CGI or the polar
1: bear that jumps in the water
0: Yes, yeah, or, the, or just, just everything, right? Yeah. Um, they also added a third theater or a concourse when it opened in 2017. They were anticipating the popularity of the ride to increase, and also they wanted to increase the efficiency of the attraction. It wasn't exactly um, as quickly loading guests as some or other attractions. The yeah. added theater, though, allowed for about another 500 guests to ride every hour. That's a right. huge increase. Yeah. A number of guests.
1: Yet, sometimes the wait times are still what they are. Yes. I feel like once I get into the concourse, it takes forever. Yes. Like, it's like the anticipation of getting up there. And then when you get in the concourse, you just feel like, oh my gosh, this is just dragging on. Dragging on. but Like what a wonderful vibe in music. That's one of my like least favorite, con- like uh, cues to wait in. Really? Yeah. I just I... don't like
0: it. So I learned something about the queue. So my last section here is some other cool facts with the Z. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the queue they um, have some technology in some of the lighting up there. You'll, you'll know it if you ever see it. It's like the lighting that kind of goes like up and down, uh, like the lighting structures, I mean. They um, simulate clouds passing over you. And when it does it, the lighting oh. dims a little bit when there's a cloud there, and then it gets bright again when the cloud passes. I so pay attention when you're, that you're that. there. Now, but usually yeah. I'm, I either have a fast pass and I'm blown through it, or recently yeah. because of the pandemic, at least when I've gone, the ride, the line has been 10 minutes or less, and you're mostly just right. walking. So pay attention to that. Um, two other things I want to mention. Well, actually, I mentioned one of them that the, the different parks at the end of the ride depend on where you are. So I cover that. One last thing I'll tell you about Soren is that they Sorry. tell you that you're on flight 5505, which refers to May 5th, 2005, or the opening date of the attraction. Not a random number. And you know how they are. They probably yeah. aren't doing random numbers.
1: No. It's all intentional. It
0: means something.
1: It all means
0: something. It all does. It this weird. makes me want to go ride Soren again. Even though I did oh, I it maybe that. about a month ago. I think That's it's such...
1: one of our must rides. Yeah. Like,
0: it's a cool We it's... have
1: to go on Soren.
0: It's its own thing. I mean, they definitely have, I'll say, up the ante, they've plused what Soren can be, I think, if you were to ask me when they came out with Flight of Passage. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Because the screen is gigantic. You have kind of more individualized row. You don't see anyone's feet. Really? And All
1: it's, right. it's, a, it's uh, a I, I do have to do the same thing on flight of passage now is asked to be in the middle because of
0: wow, what a diva.
1: Wanting, I know I am a diva because I'm like, I just don't want to throw up when I get off this, but I really <laughs> want to ride it. And this really helps. And they've, they're always like nice about that too. So that is another one that I'm like. I just really need to be in the middle so that I don't want to yarf when I get done.
0: Um, while we're recording this, I can see Nicole and Reba being walked outside. <laughs> um, it does remind me, something we don't really talk about that often is some of the products that Stephanie offers over on World Traveler Trading Co., shout out, nice. um, not just the key fobs that we talk about, but some dog collars as well. I <gasps> did a quick look because I was curious today. Yeah, There are some Buzz Lightyear dog collars, annual pass holders, Haunted Mansion inspired, Tangle inspired ones, ones that feature uh, Gus, Gus and Jack. Right. Oh, I may have, to get,
1: may have to get my little one some one of those. You need to
0: do it. So if you are shopping on World Traveler Trading, you can of course find the link in the description of this episode. Mm-hmm. But you can use our promo code, that park life. Park life. That park Guys, life.
1: Christmas is coming up, and these are great stocking stuffers. Yeah,
0: stock that stuffing. No wait,
1: to <laughs> stock pack. that stuffing. Stock stuff that. No, stock
0: that stuffing would be what you do for Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, you want to <laughs> stuff that stocking <laughs> at World Traveler Love Trading. That park life using that park live. I don't have any news items, and I I think you said you don't either. And that's cool. We got enough. The news is like weird as it is. It is. Um, Instead, let's talk about some history. Want to go first?
1: I just want to listen to the music for a second. Turn it up. (laughs) Okay. Love that part. All right. I'm going back. I'm going back to 1993. Disney World's Mission to Mars attraction Running since June of nineteen seventy five, closed in Tomorrowland, oh. nineteen ninety-three. Uh it would be replaced in nineteen ninety five with the extra Terrestrial alien encounter. I'm sorry, I the love. what? Extra terrestrial. I just like the way you
0: pronounce the word terror in that.
1: terror. Um, and ultimately it was Stitch's great escape. And then I added my own note my own note to say and ultimately it's wasted space. <laughs>
0: The greatest escape he could do was to get his right out of there. Really?
1: Yeah, pretty much. He really did escape, and now n- nothing's in there. So good. Um, I do apologize if you hear my dogs. I just because, heard some dogs.
0: What are the dogs well, up to? We uh,
1: we have someone coming over to practice for uh, worship this weekend, and so they freak out when anyone comes over. Oh my gosh. Anyways, what you got? Um,
0: I got something uh, from 2016, which no, isn't that long ago, but it's four years ago. This week, the Main Street Electrical Parade. Gave us its final performance at Walt Disney World, and maybe one of my favorite things about the Main Street Electrical Parade is how the song is an earworm. So I thought it necessary. Yes, to just I wanted play to throw a out bit.
1: there: guess who was there that day? I was there that week. We saw the uh, second-to-last run. Oh
0: my gosh! But hold on, let's let's we got a jam after this. If you speed it up, you can probably fist bump to that. So (laughs) bacon float. Also, a fun fact about the Main Street Electrical Parade sound is that it's on the list of songs that the violinist could play at our Disney fairy tale wedding, and it happens to be a song that Nicole's younger brother hates. Like he just hated the Main Street Electrical Parade. Like we would, she would Facetime in when we were Magic Kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) So after Nicole and I were wed. And we were, quote, walking down the aisle as husband and wife, which the reason I put in quotes is the aisle is maybe 10 feet long. So like, right, right. But the the violinist played the main street electrical parade (laughs) per our request, (laughs) and we loved it. I love it. Um, I have a quote, a very simple and very apropos quote, maybe for Greg and anyone else out there that's experiencing unexpected job loss. Um, (laughs) Of course, uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at Mm -hmm. that park life podcast or my personal account is at the Disney Greg.
1: My personal account is at the healthy hot mess.
0: I definitely pay attention to our Instagram account because I'm definitely going to be posting a little mm-hmm. extra from the park. So this week we're going to magic kingdom on Wednesday, probably going to animal kingdom on Thursday and probably getting something to eat by Saturday because as cast members, we're given some extra dining coupons as part right. of the holiday celebration and yeah. ours from last year expire October 10th. And we have three left. Oh. So we're going to be milk that milking those coupons. Absolutely. And uh, definitely go into to some parks. And it's been about six months since we've done a survey. So I thought I would uh, put a link to one in our the, ep- the description of this episode. So if you want to let us know how we're doing, if there's anything you want to hear more of, anything you want to hear less of, please take our quick survey. It's maybe five questions. None of them are required. You're able to skip a question if you need to. And it's totally anonymous. There, I am in no way able to tell who said what. Um, but it will track you down if you see something negative. No, please uh, (laughs) feel free, be honest. We want to know that we're giving you the type of show that you want to hear. Mm -hmm. Good show. And uh, a quote to end our episode today is pretty simple. It comes from the Pixar classic Finding Nemo Mm -hmm. from your friend and mine, Dory. And she says, just keep swimming. (laughs) (laughs) And it is something that I continue to tell myself while i find mm-hmm. out what's next for greg and that's this is everyone as a quick aside i'm sure i'm not the only one listening to this who is dealing with this type of thing because of that pandemic so please know sure. you're not alone mm-hmm. uh happy to talk if you need someone to talk to about this kind Ooh, of thing
1: not alone.
0: <laughs> i am
1: um, <laughs> here with you oh that's gosh. what he's trying to say that's what guys. i'm saying Sorry.
0: and um, you may remember in an episode toward the end of last year i actually talked about how I lost my job once before, and it was the reason why Mm -hmm. we moved to Florida, or at least the catalyst that kind of led us to moving to Florida. And if there's one thing I learned from that entire experience is that things happen for a reason, and you never really know what's on the other side of of what you're going through, and there is always a reason to hang on and figure out what's next. So I'm doing that, and I hope that anyone else that's, that's facing this kind of thing is also keeping that in mind, and remember to just keep swimming. Thanks, Greg. We appreciate you. I think that's everything uh, from us today, right? That's all we got. We covered all our bases.
1: We'll be here next week.
0: What are we doing next week? Who the hell knows? (laughs) But we We got a show next week. It'll be good. (laughs) I got time to figure it out. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. I'm also excited to take advantage of our cast member <laughs> merchandise discount, which is currently 50%. And because I'm no longer an active cast member as of December 4th, I'm going to be abusing my 50% discount between Please now and then. It. And the best part is it works just like your annual pass discount does at um, like retail locations that also sell like treats and things. Yes. So I can't wait to try new things uh, over at the um, confectionery. Um, so the reason I bring this up is, no, Greg is not losing his mind and spending all of his money without any, you know, permanent income coming yeah. in. Um, I'm still being cautious and still being hashtag wallet motivated, and using a discount. Okay, now we meet it. Bye, everybody.